I'm doing well, and uh, hopefully everyone gets to hear a much different uh, sounding quality of audio. You want to tell them why that is, Eddie? <laughs> no, I- I'll let you tell, because I already screwed up at the beginning. I forgot to unmute myself, but uh, we're here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, no, my wife was uh, generous enough to get me a... Um, a Christmas present and got me the uh, a blue Yeti with a Knox pop filter and some awesome studio quality headphones, which is only going to make our podcast sound 50 times better. So um, that's the great thing. Okay, nice. Yeah, I can absolutely already hear a huge, huge progress and uh, our productions here is improving. So um, I hope everyone enjoy our content. Uh, today at the beginning here, you guys can see I'm trying. Uh, Chase didn't saw this. I hope he sees on the YouTube video later. But I'm pray- paying a tribute to our friend Glory. I got my Canadian thing because I have this awful thing on my forehead. But anyway, guys, again, now with the audio on, welcome to this week on Stata. We are on episode nine. Um... And we have a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. We absolutely do. And just just in real time, it sounds like, Eddie, some of the um, – and I know we're going to hear this on the podcast, but it sounds like people are saying a little bit more audio from your end. So just yep. as a heads up. Yeah, no, I already increased a little bit here. Uh, it should be fine now. Sounds good. Yeah, we do have a lot to talk about, and I think the um, – I'm going to try to be calm, cool, and collected in this episode. <laughs> Um, <laughs> compared to our conversation on Friday night, because I was I was an emotional wreck about the VGAs and Stadia, so I'm gonna try to be level headed tonight. All right, all right. So, guys, we're we're gonna be talking about the Game Awards for sure. But before that, Chase, um, I want to hear your thoughts on the events that happened on Wednesday on LA, London, and actually, I think it was today or yesterday the pop-up event in Paris. But um, for the pop-up events that happened on London and happened on, on LA, what are your thoughts on that? I, I guess I kind of have a mixed reaction to it. Um, part of it, you know, has to do with we saw people promoting the product that I know as far as the LA one is considered, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie, this is a person that we really haven't seen around stadia near stadia talking about stadia before am i correct or am i wrong about that you are 100 correct he never had done a single video about stadia 
So, and that, and I, I don't want to dog the person. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I think the point I'm trying to get at is that I think as a whole, I think Stadia, the Stadia team could have done a much better job of balancing people that have been pushing the service from day one to continue to talk positive about it and also bring in some people that maybe were skeptics and let them, you know, talk about their skepticism, but what turned it around for them. And it, this is something we'll get into. We'll talk about this during the, the conversation sure. about the VAs, but um, uh, that, that is a, that is going to be a, um, uh, a, a, a trend uh, that is happening for Google and not necessarily a positive one. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mm. Let me think here. I I know I'm the I'm the person that's bringing the the mood down. I'm sorry, Eddie. <laughs> no, no problem at all. That, that's okay because, from my perspective, I do understand they bringing someone outside of our Stadia community, our Stadia world, because they needed to bring awareness. And the guy who they brought is one of the top five YouTubers, game YouTubers. He was on the Game Awards. Uh, as a streamer of the year, he was, um, I'm not sure if he was, um, running to, to the award for the streaming of the year, streamer of the year, but he was there and it's good to bring the words about Stadia to other video games, players, people who are interested in Stadia. So in that sense, I do believe the Stadia team did a good job, uh, promoting the, the Stadia, but um, I, I still think there were better opportunities that they could have done and to spread the word of Stadia to everyone else. Because as we discussed it yesterday or Friday, um, we as a Stadia community, we are sold. We tested, the technology works, we just want more games on Stadia. But there's a lot of people, because of those YouTubers who talk bad things about Stadia, they are skeptic just to try. They, there are a lot of trolls on Twitter and on the internet telling bad things about Stadia without never trying. So, 100%, 100% agree with that. So with the fact that that guy doing the live stream, he had over 300k people watching. Although a lot of those people were asking, I, I was checking the live stream and checking a few comments and they were like, um, what is the Stadia? Uh, can you play uh, GTA now? Because there's the new GTA um, casino heist. Can you play right now? But So to bring awareness of Stadia to... The whole video game community, the whole YouTube community, I think in that sense it was a good thing. Uh, yeah, and, and I and I'm I'm glad that you took the other side of the coin on this one, Eddie, because um I I agree and I do think that there were some positive things out of it. And that's why I'm trying to come into this conversation tonight to be a little bit more level headed about mm -hmm. the situation. But I have to call it like I see it. And that's one of the things with me is that I'm always authentic about stuff. And if I think that something needs to be improved or enhanced, I'm going to say it. And I, I, you know, again, I think there's going to be, you're going to notice a running theme with my, with my side of how I'm viewing things on this tonight um, in this episode. Um, and I think it's something that we, we, 
we genuinely need to talk about. I think there's another side of this issue that we'll get into that doesn't need to be discussed anymore. And it'll make more sense. Those people have been kind of following this trajectory of our episodes. I've talked before about that the, um, the public relations piece of like when they've had issues and problems and not communicating that well, we've beat that, that dead horse to death. Um, and I don't think that anything else needs to be said about that, but when it comes to marketing and that's something we'll get into tonight, that's a much different animal. A hundred percent agreed. And just to talk a little bit on the event on London, we had uh, a few state, uh, a few, no, uh, follow stage, uh, creator, uh, Stadia Arcadia, he was there. I unfortunately it was a busy Sunday. I didn't have a chance to speak with him, but uh, he did an interview with uh, Ace. So guys, you can go check uh, the point of view of um, Stadia Arcadia on Ace's channel and and get um, the vibe of um, the the event in London. The one thing that I saw, as our friend here, Victor, always says about, I don't hear you, and this is quite, okay. Let me bring it up a little bit. Sorry, guys, I still fight, I'm still fighting a cold. Uh, you can see here my, my face and my voice is not 100%, but uh, swag, as Victor always says, we want swag. And there was some nice swag there. There was uh, the hoodie. There was <coughs> Sorry for this, guys. Um, there was a hoodie. There were mugs. And there was also, uh, I was, uh, I'm going to jump in into our next discussion already. The Game Awards. The Game Awards was happening and during the event was happening in in L and not LA in the whole country in the whole US actually they did a partnership with Cinemark so everyone who bought a ticket about 20 25 I guess to go to the movies to watch the game awards and then watch the new Jumanji movie they ended up getting a premiere edition so you paid 20 25 dollars and you got to watch the movie to watch the game awards and to got a premiere edition, which is worth $130. And that's a, that's a great way to, um, to get this into someone's hands. Um, but there's a little bit more to it too. And I'll, I'll hold my thoughts just until we get to that point. <laughs> okay. Okay. So moving on from, from the swags. Hey, Dan, thanks for dropping in. The game awards. Oh my God. I know we've beat this horse to death, as Chase says. I'm getting buffering. Oh, I hope it's it's just you, Victor. Here is working fine, and uh, my monitor is the same. It's working fine. Uh, okay. Yeah, it seems to be just YouTube being YouTube tonight. So, you know. Hopefully, when people listen back to the the podcast and the episode, you'll hear it in good quality. But for some reason, the YouTube stream—I've noticed that the last couple of nights that YouTube's been a little a little temperamental. But yeah, guys, and I even change it here to ultra low latency to to not have any problem. But again, so the Game Awards when we started, 
okay, the Game Awards is one of the two biggest uh, war uh, video games venues of the year. I guess uh, if it's not the first, it's the second, just behind E3. But we, I, my, uh, I'm gonna give my personal view first, and then Chase is gonna drop in. But uh, I was completely, uh, I'm not gonna say unaware. I guess the word is. Okay, there is the Game Awards. I'm gonna watch. There's not gonna be a single thing from Stadius. They just launched it less than one month ago. But then, Twitter, Stadia Twitter, and the Game Awards Twitter start flirting with each other. And once they start flirting and the Stadia Twitter goes like, ah, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, we cannot wait to see. It gives you like, okay, Stadia, it is there. It's going to be there. And then you guys already know what happened. It's, you know, the, the, the difficult thing for me with the whole situation is, is a couple things. So one, it's the expectations. Um, but that, that has, again, that comes back to them communicating things properly. And that goes back to like the, the controller, you know, the codes, all that stuff. This is, that's something I'm not going to beat. I'm not going to beat the drum on anymore. If they don't have that by now, they're on their own. But the marketing side of the house is where I'm more concerned. Um, and I've tried to kind of explain this to a couple people. I actually was playing with, um, uh, speaking of Dan from Stadia source, um, Dan today, um, uh, Duncan, which is also, he's one of the writers for Stadia Source, and Steve Ashton, who's actually a viewer from uh, my channel, but he also, I know he's pretty big in the um, the Stadia YouTube community as a whole, but I, I talked about how, uh, and also Raven, Raven's in here as well, uh, Raven was part of this conversation, but I talked about how um, that right now, Google has us, and I think you were just talking about this, Eddie, we're, we're not an issue, they, they know that they can potentially you know, piss us off a little bit and we'll still be like, Oh, it sucks, but I'm still going to play. But the issue that I have is that the advertising that they're doing right now, it doesn't speak to anybody. It doesn't explain what, what the service is per se, or what makes it potentially better. And that's in the eye of the beholder. I think the reason I think it's potentially better isn't because of the graphics. Um, it's because it's convenient. You know, it's that convenience factor gaming I've talked about before. And a lot of right, us have all talked right, about right. Um, that isn't being sold, you know, in it. And because it's not being marketed well, what's going to happen when we get to, um, you know, that February, March period, if they're still doing these types of things, when the base service rolls out, yeah, it's going to be free to a lot of people. And, and we've talked about how that's going to open this thing up even further and make it potentially, um, you know, a, a lot bigger than it is right now, of course, because it's limited in this early adopter type of phase. But if you're not marketing it correctly and people don't understand what it is, it's going to be harder to draw people in. And the, the thing you were touching on, Eddie, is this. Social media was ablaze with negativity after the VGAs. Right. And case in point, and I'm going to wrap this up on my end, but case in point is imagine someone comes in in March. This thing is launched. It's free. They watched the VGAs this past week, and the only thing that they have perceived and perceived from social media is that this thing is trash. Do you think they're going to go give it a shot? Probably not. 
And that's the whole point is that Google is creating irreparable damage to themselves that's easily avoidable. Shout out to Dan's writer, Duncan, who responded. And, and if you want to touch on this, Eddie, I don't want to steal the thunder completely, but. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Wrote basically a response to the community update that happened a couple days ago and did it in a way that was much more coherent, much more concise, and much more informative than the individual from the community, you know, the community manager side of the house. And I and I, I want to be fair to those people. I know they're in a tough spot. Chris and Grace are in a very difficult spot because they have to do what Google is telling them to do, right? But at the same time, <laughs> that goes back to this is this is my number one question leaving out of this topic this evening. And this is really a food for thought that I want people to think about. Who's running the ship at Google right now? Seriously, guys. And, and we're ladies and gentlemen, who is running the ship? Because the way things are being run right now are not good. Let's forget about the fact that it runs well. We know Stadia runs well and that it works. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this thing being a marketable and successful service long term. Who is running the ship to make sure that that is happening? Because right now, and if I was in the boardroom, this would be my statement to them. And I'm sorry, Google, you're going to have to accept this. You are failing at that. You are not doing a good job. So what is the answer? Who's running the ship? That's what I want to know. And that's my takeaway from this because I'm concerned. I, and I, I think that's where I'm going to leave it. I, I went off on a rant and I riffed a little bit. I'm going to no get back to you, Eddie. I'm going to do a quick show here to everyone who didn't have a chance to take a look. Um. Here is the community update on Reddit for this week from the Stadia team. You see, I just zoomed in here, but we're talking about three lines, probably, what they said. Oh, there's nothing going on. The news is that we know that there's a bug with NBA. And that's all. I hope you guys have a good weekend playing Stadia. And then our friend here, Duncan, as Chase said, he writes, he wrote the post that the state, oh, sorry, shit, I closed this. He wrote the <laughs> post that the state of team should have written, saying, guys, no, this is everything we did this week. There was updates coming on, on all of these other software, or other games. There was uh, special discounts for pros that released this week so guys basically what he said here and this is the best response we got thanks fake google i'm glad you realized that we just want more details so google could have done a for sure a better job here uh on this community update but um i don't know what happened it's just a were they busy doing other stuff they are only they're it's not the full responsibility of them. I mean, then being uh, the people who do the community updates, if they have other responsibilities as well, I understand that. But uh, if your role is community manager, just do as Bungie, who won the Game Awards for the best community. Well, even even if there's stuff going on, and they have other responsibilities. And let's remove the community managers from it because I don't I don't put this on them. They're just doing their job. They're doing what they're being told to do. So I'm okay with that. What I'm what I'm more concerned about is if you can't walk and chew gum at the same time, we got problems. And again, 
I want people to to not mistake because I understand I've been very harsh on Google over the past couple weeks and past few months. My the place that I'm coming from, ladies and gentlemen, is from a place of tough love. I want to see this succeed because we need competition in this space. And if Google doesn't step up their game, that's a problem. And and you just said it the best way I think that can be said. And, and we talked about this on Friday with with Dan when I did the the live stream over on my on my channel that Dan and his team from Stadia Source shouldn't be the individuals that have to speak for Google. It, it's great that he is, and it's great that his team is, and we, we shouldn't diminish the work that Dan is doing and his team is doing over there. I mean, everybody on Stadia Source is doing an amazing job, but that is a problem. What Dan's team should be doing and what would be the fair thing for them to, to be doing is that they should be reporting on what what Google is saying and what Google is doing. Instead, there's this vacuum, and other people are having to fill in the void. And you know, I, I said this also on Friday, Eddie, and I, I actually I want to say this on the podcast because I think this is important. And I think it's important that if Google's listening to this, that they understand how serious this is to this community as far as the YouTube community and even the podcast community. You've had a lot of people that have been praising and supporting you. And I don't think you quite understand how frustrating and irritated a lot of people in both the YouTube community and the podcast podcasting community are right now, that they're constantly having to deal with body blows over stupid, trivial mistakes that you're making that are easily avoidable. And there has to come a point where Google understands that every time they make a mistake and they continue to do this, they potentially drive away one or two people. I'm not saying that that's the exact number, but I'm just trying to give it as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I think they really do have to understand how serious this is. And we're we're running out of time. I, I've I've said before the doomsday clock for them is February. They have to get everything tightened up before then, before this hits that base launch. Because if they don't, they are going to be in serious trouble. It's going to be a hole that might be too big for them to try to dig out of. Okay, uh, I'm gonna try to continue the discussion, but addressing. The questions that Victor posted on the very beginning of the live. So uh, I'm going to go one by one because I think this is very relevant to the discussion. Uh, well, first, are we still in beta? Although Google doesn't call this a beta, we know it's a beta. We know for sure. Uh, when the, the terms and conditions got released, it was written on the tab beta. But uh, Google is not calling a beta. We are for sure doing a beta here. I agree with you. Number two, are we projecting our own expectations onto Stadia? I guess it's not that we are projecting expectations here. It's what Stadia says versus what Stadia do. There wasn't a single communication from then uh, officially saying, you see all of those features we present to you, we're not going to deliver them right now, but they are coming. There wasn't that. But not only this, it's the, I guess the, the worst example is we are two weeks until the end of the year. They said there's more, co- uh, more games coming before the end of the year. And there wasn't one single update on this. Saying, guys, the, we, we know we are just about two weeks to the end of the year, but these are the games you're going to get, and these are the dates. 
It's not that we are asking for a six months date. We're just asking for for the two weeks window. Can you please give us the date on the games that you already said is coming in? So it's not a fault. Uh, just wrapping up to the third point when you said a false sense of entitlement. It's not sense of entitlement. It's just Google said something. We are still waiting, and they doesn't give any updates. So, although this is a beta, this is everything. You should update us if something changes. Go ahead, Jason. Let me let me add something to that. So it's not about us being entitled. It's about simple business strategies and simple business practices. And 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 Dan and I had this conversation. We were going back and forth, and not in a negative way, but in you know just a healthy discussion. Um, and we were playing Destiny today. It was me, him. Duncan, uh, Steve Ashton, and Raven. And that is a topic of conversation we were having. We were talking through about how, you know, Google just isn't doing things that make sense. Um, and I think that's where I'm coming from. And I, again, I understand because I, I see this all the time from, from people. And I know people are going, Chase, you've really been on this more, um, let's just call it what it is, the more negative side of things with the situation. And it's because I see the potential of this thing and I'm coming at it from a tough love perspective. It's no different if you had a, a kid or a child, you'd want your kid or child to be the best version of themselves. And that's kind of where I'm at with this whole Google situation is it's got nothing to do with, I just want to dog it. It has more to do with, it's healthy to tell them the truth. And sometimes guys, again, ladies and gentlemen, the truth hurts, but you got to say it. Um, even when you don't want to say it. And that's kind of where I'm at. So I just wanted to throw that in there. And just to finish it up with um, Victor's comment, he said here, Google has given us so much, including YouTube. Are we biting the hand that feed us? I don't think so. Uh, first of all, um, I know it's Google, but are different companies here. Otherwise, they could force feed Stadia into YouTube like crazy, but are two different companies here, the YouTube and Stadia. But uh, I agree with Chase. It's tough love. We are sold. We want this thing to succeed. But if you manage to piece not only us, or, or better, not only people outside of this community with the last ads, but you also hurt the only people who support you um something is going on there well it's a double-edged sword you, you're 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 taking both sides of the coin and you're basically damaging both sides it'd be one thing if they weren't um doing right by the the greater audience which is what you're saying the general audience and they were doing right by us mm -hmm. or vice versa but they're doing it in both cases. They're not, I mean, they're not, they're not doing well on either side of the coin. And that's, that's, I think where I'm trying to come from. There are so many, and this is where I want to flip this to the positive. There's so many good things that Google has done with this service. The fact that games boot up in under a minute, <clears throat> the fact that you can use Google home to start a game um, and uh, start a party and have people jump into it. Um, the, the fact that you can play on multiple devices. So like, again, I've used that example before. My wife wants to watch a TV show. I'll jump off of the Chromecast ultra, move over to my laptop and I can keep playing just where I was at. There's so many things that are, are amazing about this service, but 
again, this is where I'm going to come back to it. Google isn't talking about those things. Those ads with, again, I'm going to use that, that phrase, the caveman from Geico are doing nothing for them right now. Literally nothing. It doesn't speak to anybody. They've got to fix it. And if they can, it's going to be fine. Again, this isn't, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but we got to be real. And we only have a little bit more time before we get to the base launch of this thing. And then at that point, the cat's out of the bag. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. So Google has to understand and be mindful of that. It's not about us trying to be um, not grateful or not uh, you know, um, happy that they've put this thing out there. It's about we want to see this thing succeed long term. And that's where this is coming from. That's it. Bottom line, it's as simple as that for me. Um, I will add to that saying, my idea for the next, I'm not, not even going to say next generation, but next years, I wanted Stadia to be my main console. But in order to do to that happen, I need games. And the ad use, uh, the caveman ad from Geico says, Stadia has the games you're looking for. But where are those games? I know, yes, we're still in beta, but give me at least a tease or a roadmap of when some games will be released. Or even, sorry, Chase, even bringing the example here, um, Rockstar launched two um, DLCs, both on GTA and on Red Dead Redemption. The moonshine, but those things are not coming to Stadia right now. They're coming to all of the other platforms, and they are not coming to Stadia. Well, and and again, this comes back to the fact that they the games are going to come. I mean, that's for me, I, and I know that's a big pet peeve for you, Eddie. That one isn't as as tragic for me um, at this point because it, we're still early on. I will tell you something that is concerning, and something that Dan brought up. Um, uh, again, from Stadia Source, we're crediting him a whole bunch tonight, and he deserves it. Um, the the fact that some of the games that are already on the platform for Stadia that are being advertised don't have the Stadia logo on them in advertisements. Why is that? What's going on there? That's a concern. So, you know, there's there's just a lot of little things that we we're going to have to wait and see over the next couple of weeks what's going to happen, how this is going to play out. I, I'm 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 holding out some hope. I'm really trying my hardest to not um, be at again the doomsday clock, you know, scenario. But um, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see where everything goes. But we, we've got to again, we've got to be honest, um, as well as also praise what what the service does well. So, um, adding to that, I was watching the Game Awards, and the worst part of not having a single appearance either from Phil Harrison uh, after we got the official launch of the Xbox or official launch of a PS5 game. The worst part of not getting anything from, from Stadia is that when we saw the trailers for the games that we already knew were coming to Stadia, aka Doom, um, not even going to talk about Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat went on sale, 50% sale, and it wasn't part of the stadium. But Doom and Cyberpunk, which are the two huge titles in Cyberpunk, probably the most anticipated title of 2020, 
when we saw those ads or those uh, previews for those games, at the end, the only thing we were hoping for is to see the Stadia logo. And there wasn't. But we know for a fact that if you go into their website, that Stadia logo is there. Uh, Doom later on, after that, they launched the trailer with the Stadia logo on it. So what happened on the Game Awards? Is it legal? Uh, I, I'm blessed here. I don't have any answers. I don't know what, what could happen. Like, why didn't a simple logo couldn't appear together with uh, PlayStation, Sony, PC? Uh, why? It it could it could just be publishers being um um it, it could be them being a little a little um there, there's a term for it that I don't want to say but there's they might be a little skeptical that's the word I was going to say of um wanting to go all in at this point and being at the wait and see approach I also think it's interesting um, something that I promised I'd talk about tonight just very quickly. Um, because it, it ties into this subject, Eddie, uh, something that Dan and I talked about was that publishers, I don't know how excited they are about Google's refund policy. And this is, you know, it's something we haven't talked about, Eddie, about right. the fact that you can play a game for a couple hours and then request a refund. Um, I don't know if that's something that publishers are happy about. And that may be, I'm not saying that's the, the main sticking point why we're not seeing games on the platform right away. Um, but when negotiations are happening, that's something Google's going to be transparent about. And they're going to say, look, this is our policy, A, B, and C. And if a publisher's not on board with that, well, that could be a sticking point. You know, that could be them saying, look, we don't want to take the risk to lose money on your platform. You're asking us to make a game on, you know, to take a game we've already created or about to create and put it on your platform and create it there. And then there's a risk to us that we may not even get a cost of that game if someone decides to get a refund on it. But geez, take a look at Raven's comment. He's saying, but Steam does the same thing and everyone wants their games on Steam. No, I I agree. But I I think what I'm I'm trying to get at is Steam themselves, it's it's a little bit more, and I'm going to try to say this the right way. There's a little bit more red tape. I'm not saying that there isn't refunds. I don't know if you know where I'm trying to go with this, but yep. there's more layers to you getting a refund from Steam than there is with Google. Google's basically like, okay, cool, and then they just give you the money. Um, I, I I don't know if that's a, a main sticking point. I just thought it was interesting, and I had never really thought about it until I had kind of gone into that conversation today. But it's something to think about. You know, it, it, publishers want their money, and we've talked about this before about why you know we wouldn't see brand new games on a a console-esque subscription model versus it being on a publisher model with Uplay Plus. Um, it, but it's but let, it's let me go ahead and, and let me go ahead and ask you then. The, the policy from refund from Google is you play up to two hours. After you mm-hmm. play those two hours, you can ask for a refund if you didn't, didn't cap the 120 minutes. If you like the game, you're going to keep it. You're not going to play just a little bit and say, okay, no, asking for a refund. And then you buy another game and ask for a refund because the way the policy is written, you can ask for a refund just once for a game. If you buy that game again after asking for a refund, that's it. That's yours. So um, I, I think that's it's good for us as consumers. 
And but I still don't think I I still don't see the negative side that a publisher would see as a bad thing. And it may not be, you know, I don't want to disagree with you. I just thought it was an interesting layer. Um, and it's just, we've seen how easy it has been that Google's been very willing to be supportive, which is great for us. And, and again, I don't want to knock that. That is something that should be the industry standard, but I'm just coming at it from the other lens that that's at the end of the day, what is it for a publisher? It's about money. It's about making money. So it's just something to think about. It's not saying that it is or it isn't, but that's just my thoughts on it. Sure, sure. Um, I want to bring up a tweet from a company which a lot of people love, Volve. Um, we know that there was um, some discussions about Volve and the new Half-Life, but during the Game Awards, Volve tweeted this to us. We're sorry to say Half-Life, uh, Alex, it's the name of the Half-Life they're launching. It's not Half-Life 3. Uh, won't be shown at the Game Awards tonight. The thing is hard work. Uh, it's hard at work on the game, and we're excited to show you more in the new years as we approach the March release. So a simple tweet, and this answer is awesome here, Devolve just communicated with us. So... A simple tweet just as Valve did saying, Hey guys, I'm sorry we I don't we don't have anything to show at this game awards, but uh we are here guys. We are communicating with you and we will bring you more updates and gave it uh, estimated time, like March. If Stadia did something like that, would be already a win situation. Not being radio silence and then just showing the ads in the commercials. And Again, I was watching those uh, the Game Awards on YouTube. Um, there were people watching it on other platforms. About 2 million people were watching that show. And I've seen people reporting that this ad was aired more than 20 times. So can you imagine watching that ad more than 20 times? Uh, no, because I, <laughs> I wanted to scratch my eyes out after I'd seen it twice. Um, and I'm just being genuine. I, I, it's a terrible ad. It doesn't speak to anybody. Um, someone's made the joke before, and, and I know they were being funny, but uh, you know, was someone high when they made it? And possibly, I don't know. But at high the same as time, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, we haven't we haven't heard that we haven't heard the bleep in a while. Um, <laughs> We were told to cut down on it. That's why it threw me for a loop. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's just it's not a good ad. And I think the more simplistic way to have um, drawn you know the, the the casual audience into it, and it's something you know I have to give credit to where credit is due. Um, uh, Donnie from PSVGs actually talked about this before. Is just do an ad where someone walks in, sits down on their couch. Um, presses the Stadia button on the controller. They load up Destiny. Destiny loads up in under a minute. They're going to party in under 15 seconds, and they're in the game. Or, or even that, that uh, he, he opens the door. He says to Google to open Destiny on the TV while he is unloading. And there you go. It shows the connectivity of everything, the connectivity, the convenience. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what they should add, not 4K60. 4K60, come on, guys. Well, and, and Victor's saying it right. Um, 
you know, they they should, and this is a, in the chat, they should have focused on the features. The and and one of and one of the features absolutely is. By the way, the mic's off. To turn it back hey, on, sorry. Ah, oh, shut up. Okay, yeah, it's off. It's off now. Yeah, I you see, tore it off. Uh, hold on, hold on. We got we got to make a joke about this. So Google Google knows that we're talking about them, and they're listening <laughs> yeah. in, and they're like, "How dare you speak ill of us?" But in all seriousness, um, Victor said they should have talked about the features, and one of those features is what convenience, convenience of being able to get into a game um, in a timely manner. And I I think again that's uh, Google. I think we came to the conclusion on Friday that that the audience for the VGAs would have been over. 2 million, maybe 3 million people. So they squandered an opportunity to be able to market this thing effectively to people that have never seen this service before. And I, again, I, I have to ask who's in control over there. How did someone not, how did someone not see this? How did someone not realize that that was the potential? And those are the little things that have got to get tightened up. Um, But the, but to speak to your original question, the ad, I, I had to shut the stream off after the third time. Um, it was just painful to watch. Uh, no, I agree with you. I'm trying to pull it up here. Just to, I think it was um, the last thing from the Game Awards. Um, there was this guy, uh, or as you said, the caveman. He's called Reggie Watts. He's, he's <laughs> quite famous. But there's another Reggie that people love more than him. Which is this one, Reggie Fuse, um, which he used to be the 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 chief uh, the chief on the Nintendo America. And there's an article here I'm showing you on YouTube, guys. Uh, basically, what he's saying is that the advancement in streaming gaming will take the pace of the next years. Will will trace the pace so. Whatever we see here on the next years, it's going to be more towards the big innovation is going to be on streaming and not teraflops of processing. So I know um, everyone likes to talk about oh, my console is more powerful than yours or my console has 12 teraflops from six teraflops, but um, it, it will come into this stage of just convenience well and and that's and that's the thing is that the to be fair you know to be to be transparent here google opened that door themselves they made that claim at gdc so they've got no one to to fault but themselves but at the same time people are willing like you just said eddie to sacrifice graphical fidelity if it plays and and it's fun look at the switch Right. Um, it's it's the, probably, if not one of the most popular platforms. It you could argue it might be one. It might be the most popular platform because of what the the ability of it is that it has. It you can play it on the go. You can play it in your house. It's got a party esque type of feel to it with Mario Kart and um, it, it's it, that's 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 what Google. That's what Google should be. There's there's a term that that we could use in this. That's how you capture the magic. That's how you capture and you draw people in and and make them go, wow, I didn't realize that that mattered. Like being able to get into a game that fast. 
And we talked about this, Eddie, about having, you know, on the end caps of either like a Best Buy or in Canada, right. I think it's called something else, but it's basically by the same company, right? Instead of Best yeah, Buy. The, um, the, not the, the Best Buy still calls uh, Best Buy, but the GameStop is called EB Games. Yeah, EB Games. So on the end caps, you have, you know, the advert that again shows that that person loading up the game from their couch. Right. That's what gets people drawn in, not the type of commercials that we're seeing right now. Right. And even um, we're going to talk about this on the next podcast. By the way, guys, next Sunday, it's not going to be 8 p.m. We're still figuring out it's going to be 5 or 4 p.m. Eastern time. But we're going to have a very special podcast with special guests. So we're going to do a a very nice roundtable. And I hope to see you guys there. And we're going to talk about this as well on there. But I want to take the opportunity here and talk with you chase and ask you and we we did spoke about this on fridays on on your channel the things that google needs to do during 2020 to when we have the next game awards or even sooner than that when we have the e3 in the middle of the year what do google needs to do to be relevant because as I see the, the, if you guys didn't have a chance to see my video, I said the what it felt hardest was that nobody cared that Stadia wasn't mentioned during the Game Awards. It was just us, the, the community. Everyone else was just talking about the Xbox, the game, uh, the the company who won the Game of the Year, or the PS5. And nobody was talking about oh, there wasn't Stadia. So, well, a, a, again, that that comes back to the fact that they've done this to themselves. I mean, it's it's no, they've got nobody to blame at this point, but but their own their own choices of what they've done. But but the, I think the the biggest thing to your question of what do they need to do in twenty twenty to be relevant? Um, when the base service launches, they need to give us a roadmap of what games are coming. Um, right. And I think the ones that they need to really get out there and talk about, um, even if it's still that a date hasn't been set yet on them, is are we getting the FIFAs? Are we getting the Call of Duties? Um, and it, it, to me, right. and, I, and again, I'm just being honest, it, FIFA is the bigger title to me than Call of Duty as far as me personally. But again, I'm not naive enough to uh, – I'm not naive to not think that Call of Duty matters. It's it's but, a it's a mainstream game. But even if we when you're talking about EA, everything that comes together with EA, we have the NFLs, we have the Star Wars games, we have a lot of other things that comes together with EA. So that deal, I we know uh, it's a deal with Ubi, and Ubi is launching uh, UPlay Plus next year. But EA is a big thing that they need to to bring it here. Yeah, we, we do need to know more information on that. We also need to know a little bit more information on, um, you know, what what's going on with these free to play titles. Right. Um, I think that's another another big one. And you know, are they going to be landlocked behind Pro? Um, my guess is at this point, since we've heard nothing, um, probably. Um, you know, and I don't, I know it's a lot of people don't want to hear that, but the other option is that you're going to have to have some type of, um, ad support. And I've talked about this before in the, um, 
the loading screens, you know, between right. going out of menu to into the game. And I was chastised before in the past that that's the worst or most horrible idea I've ever heard. And at the same time, that's fine that the person thought that, but it's just, it's a business reality. You don't have to like it, but there has to be a give and take there. So it, it is what it is. Um, but I, I think at this point, that's another big one is the free to play situation. And I also think another big one, and we've, we've, we've hit on it and it's kind of twofold. So I'm going to, put them kind of in the same basket. Right. We know if in quarter three or quarter four of next year, is there going to be some type of a running library of games? So a subscription-esque model like Game Pass. And are we going to get a yearly subscription option for Pro where you get a discount similar to PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold? Um, those are all things that we need to know. So for me, those are the top three. And if you want to say four, since I lumped those other two together, that I really think Google needs to do a good job of um, as we go into the upcoming year. I think that puts them in a, in a good spot. The other things that we talked about tonight are givens. I, I don't think that they are, I don't want to say that they are the, the, the things that they need to do right across the year because they need to get those right now. <laughs> those aren't things that you can just skimp into April, May, June, July of next year. They can't keep doing business like that as far as their marketing. Chase, I want to do a quick sh uh, show here or something. Um, Ryan Wyatt which is the, let me get here to his proper uh, role description. He is the global head of gaming in virtual reality at YouTube. And during this weekend, or actually yesterday, he tweeted this, which was the number of players playing concurrent, or better, number of viewers concurrent on YouTube gaming watching Fortnite. There were 2.2 million people watching worldwide Fortnite. Well, and look at another title, Minecraft. At, um, at, at that time, there was, um, because this year, 2019, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chase, but uh, at this year, 2019, Minecraft was the number one game, uh, top for sure, Microsoft's. But um, here on YouTube, uh, was the year of Minecraft, but it just this one special day because there was the the announcement on during the Game Awards. There were skins with Star Wars and some doing some content together with Star Wars, and it brought back the number of people interested in Fortnite and also the number of people watching at the same time. So, two point two million people watching. Uh, people play Fortnite on YouTube. So these are, guys, it, it is big numbers for the free-to-plays. And as we said, we know YouTube and Stadia are different companies, but if they want to work together doing some time, uh, they got to think, okay, what's going to be the strategy then to bring the audience from YouTube into Stadia? It's... I, I agree. I agree. And I, I guess, I'm, again, I'm at that point where it's, I, 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 you know, really what it, what it, for me, Eddie, and I, I don't want to go back into this again, cause I'm going to be, I'm going off, go off on a rant, but I just think they got to tighten the things up that we've talked about, you know, right. in, in the podcast. I think that's really what it comes down to for me. Right, right, right. 
Um, so let's go here, guys. Uh, we are about uh, to finish the show already, but let's go here on the chat. Uh, let me go yeah, over let me, here. Let me, let me see sure. if there was anything that stuck out to me. So, stood uh, out to me. First of all, I would like to thank you, every one of you who joined the chat uh, and joined the show uh, during this night of December. We have 15 or 16 days to finish the year. And there were here during this night Victor, Brandon, Raven, who I missed here. Uh, Greg. Yes, thank you. Um, Dan, of course, our big star, our rock star, Dan. So, guys, thank you, every one single of you who dropped it by the live stream today. And I want to talk here about one comment that I think stand out to me. Uh, it's from Dance. Um, he's saying, do they port existing games such as Modern Warfare or do they just wait for the next iteration, then jump in the board? Uh, Modern Warfare was um, a big discussion. It was a big update during the Game Awards as well. They are bringing some new like style of Fortnite uh, play into it. So I can't answer for you on this question then because I uh, I don't know how this port works. I I don't even like to use this word anymore. Port. Because uh, we know it's not a, a process of porting; it's actually something different. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll answer it. The answer for me is yes. That they need to get those games on the service, and yeah, there's going to probably be another title that comes out later in the year next year. But what's the focus right now? The focus right now is people are asking on on social media, "When are you getting Modern Warfare?" And that's the game that's the here and the now. So if the moniker is we want to bring the latest, greatest titles to Stadia, we want to bring all the popular games to Stadia, which they've said, then this is a game that they've got to make happen. It's, it's, I think it's that simple. Yep. Even um, on old games, people were seeing here on the chat, um, I'm not uh, – you got convinced at me when we were talking about um, Uplay Plus – because right now you play plus on PC have all the titles from Ubisoft, but when they come into a stadia, we cannot be expecting the same library because they are not going to do this process on games that were launched more than 10 years ago. Uh, and that, and that's true. I mean, they're, they're going to be, they're going to pick and choose what titles that they want to bring to the service. And if it's something that they don't think is going to draw, um, um, individuals in to spend money. Cause again, part of the partnerships that they're doing with this is every time Google works with a publisher and a game is put on the platform, Google's getting a cut of every one of those games. Um, we don't know what that percentage is, but they're getting something. Um, so, that's the that's the thing is is it something that's going to sell and you know it's it's tough right now because we're basically in this place still Eddie where we we question certain things on one side of the house and then you know your mind automatically wanders to are they making the right business decisions when they're trying to bring on titles to the service 
it's a natural conclusion. Um, and I, I, I don't want to be unfair to them, but at the same time, I can't lie and say, I haven't thought about that. Uh, yeah, no, well said, well said. Okay, guys. So I think we cover it for tonight. Yeah. Was, Raven, Raven had yeah. one other one. I'll, I'll tackle real quick. As you sure. said that, um, um, Brandon basically said you play plus 2020 on city is a big thing for stadium. And, and Raven said for sure, it'll make it the Netflix of games. And I, I, I don't know. I, I would not, I would be very careful to continue to use that terminology. And the only reason I'm saying that is when you say that term on any social media channel and Reddit and Twitter and Facebook, people take that and they assume that you get every brand new game. And I don't know why that is because Netflix isn't that, but people have taken that term and twisted it now when it comes to gaming. So I think the better way to say this moving forward, at least in my opinion, and, and I can't change people's you know opinions or hearts on it. Everyone has to have their own opinion. But I think the better thing to say is a subscription model that that offers new games for the publisher that you like. That's what I think we should be saying right now until the business model changes. And I don't think we're going to see that shift in the marketplace for uh, several years um, because it's going to take a drastic shift in the market. And this is part of that move. Like the, the streaming um, you know, option for gaming is going to move the needle in different ways that we've never anticipated before. And it's going to make people look at gaming differently. I just don't know that business model wise that we're going to see a true you know, model that everyone wants right now in the next two or three years. I think it's going to take potentially even a decade and that's being conservative before we see that type of a movement happen. Um, I will add that because Raven said a good point here and people can relate if you say it's just like Xbox game pass and indeed it is, it wouldn't get, you don't get the latest titles on game pass, but, um, you can get some, and for example, we already know for a fact that on Uplay Plus, we have Breakpoint and we have Trials Rising, which would be the two titles from Ubisoft there. I can, I'm not sure about Assassin's Creed, but um, it all depends how heavy gamer you are. That may be a good option for you next year. Yeah. Um, there was one other funny thing I wanted to tackle real quick. Um, the let me find where where Dan said this because it was great. It's been and it's been a meme too, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, hold on, I gotta find it. And when I sure. when, when I do, it'll be worth me saying it on the podcast. <laughs> hold on, hold on, I gotta find it. All right, we're waiting. Uh, where is it at? Come on, come on. Oh. God, it was so good. Basically, what what Dan said is, um, I know it's in here, and it just it's it's not. For some reason, it's not coming up. I don't know why. Um, he basically said that. Um, oh, there it is. If you take the top off the new Xbox, it makes a great trash can. And there was a joke that we were making on Friday. You know, whether it's fair or unfair, that the thing looks like a mini fridge, um, but. I, here's why I'm bringing this up because it's funny in, in a sense, but I also think it, it goes back to that. People are, are really getting tired of having large pieces of hardware in their houses. And that's why you see people gravitate to what? Amazon Fire TV, Amazon Fire Stick, 
Chromecast, um, Roku's. People want to have minimalistic options that give them the content that they love. And I really think that, and this is going to be something that, again, I, I might shock some people when I say this. I don't think Microsoft's on the right trajectory when it comes to their hardware vision. And I think it's going to bite them. I really do. I think they are really, they are, they have a, a split mindset about consoles versus streaming. And I think they're playing both sides of the coin and it's not necessarily a bad business strategy, but I think the hardware side of the house, I think this is going to hurt them in the long run. And I do think that in a couple of years, they are going to see um, hits uh, that's going to hurt them. Um, And you will really see that if another company like let's say PlayStation comes out with a device and I don't think the PlayStation five is going to be this, but comes out with a device that's smaller or minimalistic, but offers the same great um, graphical fidelity that the, that the Xbox does. And if that happens, then guess what? People are going to go with the the minimalistic option. Um, it's, it's a market trend. It's something that's happening right now. Um, and it'll be curious to watch. Uh, and I've never really shared that thought before, but there it is. Uh, I was trying to find here. I couldn't find, but I was watching a video. I don't, I don't know. If, okay. I just remember it was on IGN. IGN did a um, IGN designers did a mock-up of uh, the Xbox Xbox Series X. Is that the name, right? Series X. Yeah, Series X. Yeah. A- Xbox Series X. Uh, they did a mock-up, like a real size mock-up, based on what we've seen at the Game Awards. They took a few assumptions during the mock-up, but. Uh, it looked kind of big. Yes, it is a, a mini fridge with a green lamp on top of it. Yeah, and and there's always going to be. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate anybody. There's always going to be people that are willing to to accept that. And I and I don't want to say that that I'm naive to think that there isn't a demographic for this thing. But yep. I'm talking about again the general population. The trend is I want something that's cheaper, and I want something that offers a great experience. And that's why you see people get Roku's, they get Amazon Fire TVs, they get Amazon Fire Sticks, they get Chromecasts, yep. they get Chromebooks instead of a um, a traditional laptop. And it's because they can get as good, if not equal to the experience that they would get on a traditional PC or a traditional um, uh, media um, device. Um, look at the Shield TV from NVIDIA, same, same thing, case in point. Right. So that's the trend and that's where the market is going. And that's why you start, you know, you notice something else, Eddie, we talked about this before me and you privately cloud storage is now the new trend. Um, And it started with Google, then it moved over to Microsoft with, with, um, Oh God, what is the name of it? Uh, Office 365. And um, uh, it's their cloud interface. I can't think of it right now. You've got iCloud with, uh, with Apple. That's why you're seeing devices have less on, 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 um, not on-site storage, but onboard storage uh, because they're utilizing the cloud. And that is the trend. And I just, I don't think Microsoft, and I'm also going to throw Sony into this, I think they are behind the times and it's going to catch them. And I, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm going to take the bet. And if I was at the poker table, I would go all in on that, on that statement. Um, I don't know by heart. I was trying to remember, but I don't know by heart. Um how long was the life cycle of the PlayStation 3? Um, do well, you most, remember? 
most consoles are usually about uh, seven to eight years, sometimes almost a decade. Um, it's the general the general movement. I'm pretty sure I got my PlayStation 4. That came out, what, 2014? Someone correct me 13. in the chat. 13, yeah. 13? I, I got the PlayStation 4 on 13. That's the point. And I got it on launch weekend. So and we're so we're we're in that we're in that it's about a seven to eight year life cycle so it, that that's about right. Um, the the point I, I'm trying to make is, will this be the last console that we're gonna be seeing from these companies? I mean, of course, during this life cycle of this generation, there are gonna be updates. PlayStation is gonna probably launch PlayStation Five Pro, as they did with uh, PS4. And Xbox already confirmed that they're launching three versions, one lower end, one mid end, and the top end, which used to be called a Project Anaconda, but now is the Series X. Um, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see because I had the impression that the life cycle of the PS4 and the Xbox were shorter um, compared to the PS3, though just seven years. But uh, I may be wrong on this one. And that makes me think, will the life cycle of this new generation be even shorter? Or during the time? I don't think it'll be shorter, Eddie. I, I think it'll be, and I've said this before, I think it'll be the last true console generation. Um, and I, I say this phrase every time um, that... I say that is to, to not mistake what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that consoles won't exist. They will still exist, but it's not going to be the primary way we play our games. And I, I do think this next one is probably going to be that last true way that we play games because once, once convenience is there, like what we see with Stadia, and if that's the norm for most of the competition with how games load up, people are going to go to convenience. It's it, There's no question. If it's cheaper than the console, people are going to go to the cheaper option if it gives them the same type of or close to same type of experience. People pick and choose with their pocketbooks. It's a fact. And I've gotten into this argument with people before um, you know, on, on Discord, um, whether it's right or wrong that – you know, well, people will go to the option that works works the best, and that is true. They are gonna, they are not going to sacrifice something playing well. If it's complete hot garbage and it doesn't work at all, then yeah, no one's gonna waste their money on that. But if it works as good, if not better, than the others, people have to understand that market demands and market market movement will cause that to happen. It's just, it's a natural thing. It, it's those are facts. That's how the market works. You know, I'll, I'll give you a quick example, Eddie. Yep. So think about, um, <clears throat> sorry, think about, um, uh, God, I was just having this analogy with my wife. Think about eBay versus Amazon. Well, for a long time, Amazon and eBay both had what? Similar uh, purchasing methods and similar shipping methods. Right. What ended up happening? Amazon offered the Prime subscription, not only just for video uh, consumption, but also for shipping. Right. Well, then what, what ended up happening? People chose Amazon over eBay because what? The market pressures were you got something faster and in some cases at a cheaper price than what right. you could get over on eBay. So that's what I'm talking about. The market always, always dictates that if there's something that's cheaper and works as good, if not better, people will go to that option. The general population will. And that's what we're going to have to watch closely as we go forward. So adding to that, that's what I think we as uh, gamers, we are a little bit different because 
we would, I guess, uh, the point I'm trying to make it here, it's exclusives do matter. Uh, I know people talking about uh, this console is more powerful than other, but you ended up buying a PS4 because you want to play that specific game. That the, Sometimes, okay, my main console is an Xbox, but uh, that exclusive like Death Stranding, I want to play it when it launches. So I have to have that game. So exclusives does matter in order to bring the list of followers to your platform. Uh, why did Nintendo had such an amazing launch? Uh, not so much amazing, but they had a lot of people putting pressure when the Switch launched. It's because they had those lists of exclusives that they already knew that people were looking forward to play. Myself, I got, a, I borrowed from a friend of mine um, a Switch just to play that uh, Mario Odyssey because for me it was a must play. So I do believe that what will make a difference with Stadia, what would bring people, okay, I gotta use this console, it's having uh, an exclusive title that uh, can only be played on Stadia. Well, and that's a shout out to Glory um, yep. because he's right. Exclusives do matter, um, and it's it, it is true. Um, I I my difference of opinion on that was that in this moment that we didn't need them for the for the the um, the Stadia founders launch, but you know, he, Glory also made a compelling argument that even in this in this moment or in this trajectory that it would have brought more people in to pre-order the service. And, and he, he's not wrong. I mean, I, when he made that point, I had to kind of take a step back and go, you know what? You're not wrong. Um, I just didn't think it was, it was mandatory. Um, but when the base service launches, they're going to need compelling arguments aside from just the convenience itself. Um, and, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier about the marketing that makes people see that this service is, an option that's worth them giving their dollar to. Um, and that's important. Um, it's very important. Yeah. The the bad thing is that I feel that the first title from Stadia, I might be wrong on this one, but I do feel that this first title will take some time to come. Um, I hope that they have the partnerships as they did with uh, the smaller studios with the case of um, I'm sorry, it starts to kick in here, the sickness, but as they did with, um, oh my God, what's the name of the big exclusive from Stadia from, that we launched already? Talking about Guilt? Yes, thank you. Um, they launched Guilt, there's going to be a Get Packed, there's going to be a Time exclusive with Orcs Must Die Tree. So they got to bring this exclusive, either if it's just um, a time exclusives, uh, but they got to bring it because as Victor said here, the Montreal studio just got started. Yes, just got started. But if you look at Google Jobs and if you look at Google Jobs Montreal, there's a hell of a positions open still, like senior positions. It's not that uh, it's they're looking for developers. They're looking still to build the higher team so they can start going lower on the developers. But there's a lot of positions open to, to this team here in Montreal. Yeah. 
it, it's going to be, you know, um, it, it's going to be an interesting 2020. Um, and it's not just for Sadia themselves. You know, we, we know, or we've got a pretty good idea that Amazon's going to be jumping in. We've talked about this, I think, till the, <laughs> until, it, you know, the end of days, it feels like on that subject. Um, we know xCloud's coming. Um, so, you know, again, this, this comes back to the, the revolving theme of this episode. The Stadia team has a big and large set of objectives that they have to start meeting. And on some of these, it's the, the, the deadlines are either coming up in just a few short months or they're in the here and now. I agree with you, my friend, and uh, it's going to be a very interesting first cube because they got to sum up of those numbers on the premiers and founders. Um, I hope they get the other publishers on board and they got to fix those bugs that they they weren't expecting those bugs, probably. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've, we've got to hear more about the the additional games that we know are supposed to launch by the end of the year. Um, and hopefully that'll be something we'll have, you know, hopefully more to talk about for the roundtable that comes up next weekend. Um, you know, hopefully we hear some more stuff on that. Yes, I hope to. Uh, for the guys here on the live stream, I dropped the link for you. You can go ahead and check. Um, it's the list of jobs available at Google Montreal. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to just look at a few for folks listening to the podcast. So there is, for example, Game Director, First Party Games Stadia. It's the name of the position. Senior Animator, First Party Games Stadia. Uh, Tech Animator, Animation Director. So you see, it's a lot of senior positions like Director, Head of Design for Stadia. So and those are important positions. I mean, they're not, it's like you said, Eddie, you're hundred percent right. They're not, these aren't just like the run of the mill, lower level positions. These are, these are senior management and these are, this goes back to who's running the show. Exactly. You know, it, it, it goes back to who's running the show. And if there's running the show right now, uh, is there any games building right now or they're just building the foundations to have something? My, my guess is that they're they are doing something, um, but maybe they need these additional individuals to further drive home the vision. You know, I I'm not sure, but yeah, well, one of the best, uh, or one of the most important, I guess, it's one here. It's called Video Game Studio Recruiter. So they're looking for someone to hire everyone. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Well, I think we're getting towards the um, towards the end. Yep. Uh, one thing I do want to say is for everybody, I know the last couple of episodes, I don't know if we've done a good job of saying this, but when we go to wrap the uh, the episode, hang around for a few minutes. We'll um, we'll talk with you after the the uh, the podcast recording is over. Um, I also, real quick, Eddie, before we get into the wrap up Absolutely. phase, I do, I do want to say one thing. Um, first of all, and and Eddie said this very well in the earlier in the live stream. Each and every one of you that that views us live and watches us live, you all are amazing. Um, you all should give yourselves a pat on the back. Uh, that's very, very important. Also, those of you that listen to us on your favorite podcast, um, 
option. Thank you so much for your support and for listening. And I also want to give a big shout out to um, Dan and his team from Stadia Source. They've been absolutely killing it. Uh, and they've also done an amazing job of um, being, I think, inclusive of the YouTube um, community, the content creators, and they've um, created a um, uh, affiliation page with a lot of the content creators from the community. So um, if you haven't had a chance to go check out uh, Stadia Source's website, their content is um, really, really good. And I think you should uh, check it out. And also, more importantly, I think you'll enjoy it. So definitely do that. StadiaSource.com, guys. Uh, daily content, daily quality content that uh, myself included, I use as reference for everything on Stadia. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And we also got to talk about our channels. <laughs> yes, yes. And by the way, you guys, uh, I'm going to start here wrapping up the shows. Uh, please hang around after this message. But um, thanks, everyone, who listened to this podcast, either on your favorite platform or here on YouTube. You can always check back at the other episodes. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter as twitter.com slash player one uh, Here on the links on the description, it's my discords, Chase discords, and Chase Twitter is... Phantom UFC Fan. And it's also his tag on Stadia, so you can add him there. That is correct. That is my, uh, my you want to call it my username or user tag on, on Stadia. So, yeah. Uh, Chase, well, last thing, last question before we wrap it up. What you're playing next week? What uh, what what am I playing next week? Um, well, now that the Dark Siders Genesis bug has been fixed, <laughs> I really want to play that game. So that will be the game I'm playing next week for sure. Okay, uh, I started enjoying a little bit more the NBA uh, career mode. Um, still not enjoying the five minutes loading every single time. Uh, it, it's good, Google, that you see me because yes, you're talking directly to me. Every single time I'm loading that game, it's five minutes with that message. But um, I'll be playing a little bit more of 2K this week. So oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, go one ahead. One more, more thing to throw in here. Um, and this is something we're working on just to give everybody a heads up. We are going to try in the next couple of weeks to have on the wonderful gentleman from... Um, oh my goodness. Hold on a second, Eddie. I just had something like get into my... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cough because if I cough, then it's going to be... Um, it's going to be across on the podcast. I'm trying to let it clear. Okay, I'm going to mute to you. We're going to have oh. on the um, the wonderful guys from uh, Sounds of Stadium, uh, Chris, Tom, and Richie. Um, so keep an eye out on that. Um, first of all, if you haven't heard their podcast, they do an amazing job. They just did a marathon live stream the other day for God knows how many hours. It was amazing. Um, but you should definitely, definitely check out their podcast as well. So I just wanted to throw a, a, a shout out to them too absolutely absolutely we are here to support of community uh we just like uh to strengthen uh, we know we are the smaller channels but um we are all about these small content creators and we are as a community we just want to provide you guys options to keep looking at stadia we are not the owner of the truth we are not the only source of truth so please Subscribe to all of our peers that you can check again on stadiasource.com. That is it, guys, for the message of tonight. 
Uh, I hope to see you guys on the next episode next week. Stay tuned on Twitter to see exactly the time we're going to shout. Uh, we're going to record that next um, episode. It's going to be a little bit earlier due to our friends on time zones. Uh, we're trying to deal with multiple time zones here, either on West Coast of North America to Europe. Um, I'm not sure if we have somebody in Asia right now, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, on Europe for sure we're, we're looking for, for the time zones so guys thanks again for the podcast I'm gonna finish here and I see you on the next episode bye guys have a good week <laughs>